Hey everyone, welcome to episode 68 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. It is 10 days post-Hurricane Irma as we join you for another episode. And I'm happy to report personally that I have electricity at my house. <laughs> Came back from Tampa last, last night about 10.30, 11 o'clock p.m. And there were more trucks than I could count in my neighborhood. And at 1.30... The light next to my bed came on, woke me up, and we closed the doors and turned down the generator. Thank you, John Monday, for that. So gone are the days of carrying water to flush toilets, packing the refrigerator with ice to try to save what was less, and countless trips to the gas station to keep the can full for that aforementioned generator. It wasn't that long ago that nobody had electricity. <laughs> I, I know, right? But it seemed like 10 days. That's uh, It seemed like a long uh, enough. But they also had ice trucks running around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? They did have ice trucks. So anyway, for those uh, that went have uh, made it through the other side, I'm hoping you all have power as well. Last week, our episode was entitled, How Much Freedom of Thought and Belief Will My Denomination Allow? That was by Andy McDonald. And we decided basically that because of God's work, not our own, we are part of his family, and he calls it church, the body of Christ, and we can rejoice in the unity we have and that we can extend that to every other sinner saved by grace. And actually, that episode elicited more feedback than any other episode we've had. Wow. Uh, at church this week, a lot of people stopped and talked to me in the lobby. No one really wanted to go on record whether or not they <laughs> agreed or disagreed. Yeah. And I had a couple people through Facebook that also said, hey, I think you guys are on point. Love what you're doing at the hospital church. Don't want to go on record, which is fine. We will honor that for sure. Love those brave people. Yes. Yeah. Excommunication, I guess. And from my cousin who has been listening to the podcast from Illinois, Janessa, she sent me a message and said, I really identified with the podcast and that it would be nice to be in a church environment where there was the option to agree or disagree. So many times I feel that the opinion among many leaders is not very open to that idea. Also, the thought of... If it's not clearly stated in the Bible, it's not a doctrine. It's something that I would appreciate within our church as a whole. In my church, there is a saying that just because we've always done it this way doesn't mean we can't change or that doing something else is wrong. I am really enjoying this series and looking forward to next week, <laughs> which meant the week that we currently are. And so uh, thank you, Janessa, for that feedback. And I think overall, I think we're striking a chord that, people that people that aren't in that situation mm-hmm. wish— they were. And then other people are saying, you know, there were pockets all over the place. So someone mentioned to me, because I had related the answer to Jeff's question and mentioned the Midwest where maybe things weren't as uh, as good as they could have been saying, well, I'm in the Midwest. You know, there are pockets everywhere right. of people. So kind of what we talked about, some places you're going to find it, some places you're not as much. So you just kind of have to judge, sure. you know, where you're at. So if you haven't listened to that message or the podcast, you can do it by uh, the hospitalchurch.org and the Hospital Church mobile app, which is the easiest. So on to this week. Yeah. We're all here. Everyone looks no worse for the wear. So I think we're good. And this week it was, how will my church deal with those in the LBGTQ community? And attached to these questions that we asked was, do we love all into a lifelong friendship with God? Easy for me to say, not really. (laughs) But do we? And our mission, you said, our mission is clear. We believe that God has assembled, called, developed us as a Florida hospital church to love people into a lifelong friendship with God. This isn't a mission we made up. This isn't some clever idea that a think tank or board or business meeting decided to make so. 
It is simply that we believe to be a contemporary rewording, a, distil- a distillation of Jesus' very commission for the church. And when you break that down, I don't think we can have a discussion without laying that as the foundation, right? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Right? I no. mean, because essentially, if that's not it, then it's just mm-hmm. us making up things that we feel like make us right. feel better, or there's a real foundation right. for what we're talking about here, and, I guess, and is we're, where we're supposed going. to go to all nations, and we're supposed to love all people into a lifelong friendship with God. Man, when you start putting the word all in front of things, that uh, the reach it leaves of, no one out. Yes. The reach and the scope really yes. start going out there. And you kind of laid a little bit more groundwork for the message, and you said, who you see me is completely secondary to my spiritual walk. And that is absolutely excellent advice, but that's not always the easiest thing when you're someone on the other side who feels like maybe people's opinions do matter right. or that they look down on you. So how do we how do you if you're in that situation where you're kind of on the outside looking in, how how do we help people to remember that this what what I think or what you think isn't necessary yeah. it's not the end. It's what game. God thinks. It's oh, yeah. what God thinks. How do we help people I don't know, maybe from a counseling perspective, yeah, Jeff. Jeff <laughs> uh, how, <laughs> how do we help people? Because I think we've all been there, not necessarily in this instance, but from some other thing that maybe we're different or we disagree or, you know, you kind of get that feeling that you're not part of the of the group. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's easy. I think all of us want to figure out where I can be unique, but also where I fit in. We struggle with those two polarities mm-hmm. because part of us wants to be identified as something that is uh, special, something original. that is original. Yeah. And then the other side, there's another side of us that wants to be very, very blended with my group. I'm uni- my, There's a universality to me where I can can fit in. So it's like that struggle between how average am I and then how ex- excellent am I. And uh, average is good sometimes when it comes to certain things. Uh, you know, uh, how tolerant are you for pain? I want to be average. I don't want anybody throwing pain my way, you know. <laughs> sure. Um, and then, then maybe creativity. You like, oh, I want to be exceptional. I want to be unique. So um, when I look at this topic, I think we have to go back and say, you know, a lot of us want to accept people. We really do. We want to be able to say, I'm an accepting person. I'm a loving, caring person. But then we wrestle with these ideas of, but aren't I supposed to be calling sin by its right name or whatever we call, uh, you know, something that doesn't, doesn't appear to be like what I am. Well, if it's different from me, shouldn't I be calling that out because it doesn't fit with the rest of us? I listened to a great talk in preparation for the message, uh, one of the one of the talks I listened to, and he's like, whenever everybody says, you know, we should, we should be calling sin by its right name, right. we always mean your sin. Exactly. It's, not, <laughs> it's calling it out because it's different than mine. Yeah. It's like, you know, when, when there's... 30,000 texts in the scriptures about how to treat the poor. Mm-hmm. And we just, we can let those just sort of slide by. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, no, I want to pick up those six verses that talk about homosexuality. And so that's the part that I think that all we all get hung up on is that sure. we think, oh, this is divergent. This is different. And so, hey, I, I, and there's enough people that are along with me that I can actually jump back and say, okay, that's them. This is, this is us. And unfortunately, the church buys into that. And I think sometimes we also don't know how to approach tactfully 
people that maybe aren't like us or maybe we don't feel like we understand their situation or who they are. So that can sometimes be just a, a deterrent that really isn't rooted in bad, but I guess it could certainly be viewed that way by someone on the other side who just looks and goes, oh, well, you're not really trying to understand me. Right. Well, we're, we're all the star players in our own story. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think. Mm-hmm. But but it's also, if you have a broken lens in your glasses or a zit on your forehead, I mean, you're sure that that is what everybody is seeing about you. And the reality is, is that if you asked a person after being with them all day, did you even notice I had this zit on my forehead or one of my glasses is cracked? They may not even notice because we carry it. We carry that self-identity, and then we project out what people should be thinking about us, and it may not be what they think at all uh, as That's well. True. So it, it works, works both directions. I had somebody come to me uh, before the sermon, actually. They said, I, I, I have an easy way to deal with this. He said, I just I love people and I accept them, but I can't accept their you know their behavior. That was how he put it, and I and I and I cringe with that. Well, I, 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 it was like in the class time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the person said, "Well, so so yeah, but what about their lifestyle?" Yeah, exactly. And, and I so I asked the person in the class. I said, "Well, not you know, I've known you for a long. I've known you all your life." And I said, uh, "I think you've been black your whole life, Amy." <laughs> she she laughed and said, "Oh well, yeah, of course." And I said, "Well, so what's what's the black lifestyle?" And she started to say something, and then all of a sudden she realized that there's really not one. Where you know, yeah. and I said we got to realize, and we we talk about this lifestyle thing. It's from some media driven image of some kind that almost everybody has a similar lifestyle. We we get up in the morning, we take a shower, we eat breakfast, we go to work, we work, we meet people, we talk, we do our jobs, we come home, we have supper, we watch a little TV or something, or read a book and go to bed. I said that's our lifestyle. Um, that's really most people's lifestyle. Yeah. And so it, 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 we, we, we oftentimes want to demonize and project, and we use certain words to, to do that as well. And sure. that, that sometimes has become a safe way for us to say something that we don't want to deal with. And, uh, and so we, we have these, these kind of catchphrases or words that we say that's the sin in your life, and we neglect the fact that we're actually becoming judgmental all over again. Well, in the outward sins, the visible sins that we can all use to put on the little board and you can put a check mark by, well, that, <laughs> I can see that one, so I don't like that one. Right. That yeah. makes me uncomfortable. But I don't see you know, A, B, and C because those are all sins of the heart and inside that don't really manifest themselves physically. So, well, that's easy enough to just brush that one aside. And we also have we also have blind spots ourselves. That's why they're called blind spots. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> there's, there's things about ourselves that we sure. don't see that may be very wrong, but we but they're but they're they're in our blind spot. And so we it's it's for God to reveal that and help us grow and 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 to ha- offer that same kind of opportunity and grace to everyone is really critical. Well, and I wanted to go back to something that you mentioned earlier about the six verses, because I think that the biblical material that people are basing a lot of the you know arguments just seem to get picked up wherever you heard it last. So I heard this over here, I heard this over here. So we can pick up a piece of that and we can <laughs> carry that in our briefcase. And the next time, oh yeah. Pop it open and yeah, well, I, you know, this is where, this is what the discussion is about. But being that the biblical material isn't as robust as I think many people believe or at least assume that there must be for all of the outrage and the topic of, of so much, you know, disagreement seemingly, does the scarcity speak to its overall importance in the grand scheme of things to God? 
So if there's only this little bit, like you talked about all the different things it tells you to do for the poor and for the widow and, and how to love mm-hmm. and that the love is most important, but that there's just this little bit, does that put it in some kind of a context for us or does that not make any difference? Well, I think I think it does. I, I think we we really need to focus in Scripture on that which is most clear. And weight of weight of it being addressed is one of the ways you bring clarity. If you say the Sabbath's important, the Sabbath's important, the Sabbath's important, the Sabbath's important, and all these different versions and different books of the Bible, then you say, oh, maybe the Sabbath is important. And it's because there's a there's a corpus of literature about it and how we use text as as well. I want to commend you, Andy. I, I thought you handled that part quite well. And, and in response to your question, I think okay. we could be here all night long talking sure. about how to exegete, how to exegete those those texts, or even how other other theologians have interpret you know interpreted sure. them in their call, call on it. And Andy mentioned he goes uh, in terms of saying, and, I, and I, by the way, and I don't think we can ignore six verses and saying, oh, there's only six. I don't think we can can do that. But I do think that his point, and when he was calling his sermon, is that when we read certain texts, we and if we're interpreting them one way, and then they call us to exclude or to not love or to keep one group marginalized and say that's not God's accepted person— then we have to really rethink how we're interpreting that scripture. In other words, he, I think your word was, I don't care about yeah. a scripture. Didn't you say this? I, I, well, <laughs> not, I think well, that's what you said. Not quite, Jim. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and read it. I, no, I, it I, I, did, I, don't, I didn't want to disrespect or, or dismiss, be, be dismissive of scripture. But really what scripture says about a whole bunch of things is is really sort of irrelevant as far as our ethic that we know that Jesus clearly taught yeah. for us to love yeah, people and and just, I mean, how oh, it's so it's so funny. I was talking to someone last night about a class on racism, and we were talking about how the fact is I grew up in the South, and a lot of similarities and issues. When if if you're not associating with people, you are down on what you're not up on. Sure. And so the contrast between having a good friend who is who is gay. And not having a good friend who's gay makes you look at the whole oh, subject and from a different yeah. angle as well. Yeah, you know. It's, so I, I think it's just really important to, to to broaden our understanding of people, and that no matter what Scripture says about different things, there are some peanut ultimates, you know, in Scripture that are Jesus clearly says you got to love. There's I mean, a great yeah. great illustration in Acts where Philip is coming down the road and he sees this Ethiopian eunuch who by the way by Old Testament laws was excluded mm-hmm. from practicing or even worshiping. It was not allowed it, in the temple. Not allowed in the yeah. temple. And and so after he's done with this small little Bible study through Isaiah and so forth uh, the eunuch says to Philip, "Hey, what prohibits me from being baptized?" And, and Philip goes, "Nothing. Let's do it. Let's go down in the water." So it kind of gives us a little bit of a a story there in terms of how the new Christian community, how this new group that Jesus started, was going to be dealing with some of these things that have always always excluded, marginalized, and and kept out people from different walks. Well, and every time you talk to someone, or I shouldn't say every time, that's a very broad stroke, but many times when you talk to someone, like you said, who's not up on something, mm-hmm. they're they're going to be down on it typically because right. they haven't met someone, they haven't they haven't shared, humanized it. Yeah they, yeah, they haven't shared a meal with, they haven't gone and hung out, they haven't seen people, 
you know, like some gay friends that have, you know, that get the comments, that get the looks, that get the exclusion or hear their story about how their family has disowned them and all right. these different things that they have to deal with. And there's a lot of other groups that deal with things too. But I think when you put that personal um, that personal side to it, it really does bring it to the forefront and it makes you more makes you more aware of it. And you mentioned that these are embarrassing questions that make me sad. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? It, it does make me sad that we're still, you know, debating on whether or not we need to not exclude people and whether or not we should love them instead. Right. Because there there are there are definitely some very hard questions mm-hmm. around the subject of, of homosexuality and scripture. Sure. Unquestionable. Yep. Uh, I talked about it in the sermon that there are Really, really smart people, uh, way smarter than me, uh, that that look at those verses and interpret them very traditionally. And there are other very smart people that I respect that treat them and interpret them in a very different way. Sure. Um, and so I, I, that's why it was important for me as part of the cl- near the closing of the sermon is to talk about the fact that one of the things we have to do is not just as we love people, but also love people enough to be willing to have gracious, respectful conversations. Yeah. That may, after even maybe some heated debates that are, are respect gracious to each other, that we come down to the point where on some of these things we will say, we simply agree that we, we disagree. disagree. And that's, we're, we're not as comfortable with that as our Hebraic right. you know, sure. Bible people were. Because, I mean, the Hebrew thought allowed a great paradox. You could hold two things that seem to be very opposite in your hands, and that was acceptable in, in Hebrew thought. Yeah. And and even as we move into the Greek world and the New Testament, it gets less comfortable having that holding the paradox. Right. And of course today we're not we're not we we're much more linear in our thinking. While those questions may be embarrassing and make us sad, it can also make us happy to see our church community saying, you know what, we're gonna have the conversations and we're going to educate ourselves as a whole, as a congregation. We're going to talk about the things that may be uncomfortable to some, maybe not so much to others. And who would we want to exclude? At the end of it, we don't really want to exclude anyone. And I liked what you said. You said, how can we sit by and push the struggling people who have no view or belief of God to be the only option for people going through these, That's going through this point. life? Yeah. And for them to, you know, we're pushing them to someone who has no worldview that of God and no no understanding of the love of Jesus. It's not in their heart. And just because the only reason is that they're open to right. the discussion and we're not. That's really a very important point because, yeah. because we're not, most of us are not worried about the 75-year-old gay person. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the concern that oftentimes comes is about our kids and and the youth and as they come through this developmental stage and discovering who they are as a person. And the reality is, if we won't have the conversation, they're going to have it with people who have no biblical values, who are not looking at it from a God world point of view at all, and very different beliefs than we have. And because, just because we won't be open to discuss it. And yeah. so, how much better if th- that conversation can be had and that exploration can be done? With a person with Christian thought for our Christian kids as they struggle through this stuff. We don't want to push them away. And what a reason for disqualification. I'm just not going to discuss it because I've already made up my mind and I can't possibly – Yeah, that's like one of the worst things we can do is to, yeah. is to, is to say I, we, we can't have you because God doesn't love you. Or right. they walk away thinking that there is no place for me to discuss this. And, and we need to keep these doors and these avenues open yeah. for that. God uh, is really, really clear in defining himself as love, and he is eternal, and he is all-knowing, and he's all those things, and he's, much and he's bigger. still love. 
And we don't have to have those. Our... We don't have to be open to those conversations to be beating people up with. No, no. no it no. should be that we're sh- we're having those conversations to share the love of Jesus, which right. is our calling. And we're, I know that we're already way past out of time. But as we wrap it up, one of our FHC takeaways from this past week, which there were a lot of really really good <laughs> ones, but I chose what do you think should be the answer to today's question? And you can feel free to elaborate. If you see me on Facebook, you can go ahead and send me a friend request or just a message. That's fine, too. And I would love to hear anything you'd be willing to share. And even if you want to just kind of hypothesize and tell me don't actually read or attribute it to me, I'm happy to do that, too. You can do reach out to us as well from the FHC mobile app by using the media tab on the podcast banner. And all the buttons are there for texting, emailing, or you can even leave a voicemail if you'd like. Uh-huh. And um, But finally, as we wrap up, Andy had just this little phrase that I thought really just wrapped everything up. It said, God is love and God loves everyone. That's just who he is. He loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's just who he is. <laughs> and if we remember that as we take on anything yeah. that is difficult for us individually as a church, I think we'll come out on the right side of that. Upcoming this week... Well, before you go this week, last week is uh, are posted, of course, and the, the takeaways, the manuscripts, and the person wants to wants to catch up and look and see what was really said, they're welcome to do that. Yeah, That's I true. would encourage them to. It's, yeah, if you it, haven't, for it, sure. It, if they're really, truly wanting to work and process through this, take yeah. a look at last week's This, this coming week is, will God... Does God does really God answer my prayer? Yeah. Oh, is this part of the... Uh, this is one of the questions that oh, came this, to okay. us. Yeah, so, oh, it's the okay. last of the four. Last of the and, four. And um, it's it's already a fascinating topic I've been researching <laughs> on, and so we'll we'll get there. <laughs> well, if the first three were any indication about the dialogue that ensues, then we're in for a treat. So you definitely don't want to miss that. So again, one final reach out if you would like to share or, or just catch up. If you haven't watched the message, don't miss it. It's in the app as well under the archives, and you can also go back and listen to last week's podcast or the last week's episodes. So until next Wednesday in episode 69, this is Randy for Andy, Jeff, and Tom saying thanks again for joining us, and we will talk to you then.